Hey everybody, Andy Dukes here, and welcome back to Ride and Talk. I think you're going to love this one. Even if you're not a Superbike fan, it's Tom Sykes, BMW Motorrad World Superbike Factory Team Rider. And what a top bloke he is. And very funny too. We had a lot of laughs doing this one. And it's the only time I've ever had a podcast interrupted by a budgie. Whatever next. Anyway, let's go and meet Tom at his home in the UK. Tom Sykes, welcome to Ride and Talk. It's great to have you join us on the podcast today. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's uh, it's a fine day and uh, Ride and Talk sounds great. Let's uh, let's do it. Yeah, now before we talk about World Superbike, I just wanted to ask you about which BMW road bikes you enjoy most because obviously the last thing you'd want to ride on the road is a race replica, but I've seen photos and stories of you on GSs, R9Ts, and yesterday when I was trying to get hold of you, you were out on the formidable R18. I'm interested to know how you rate all of these BMs. Well, yeah, really, uh, I mean, credit to... To BMW, really, they have such a fantastic range of motorcycles, and, and like you've just said, I've been uh, very lucky, you know, and, and riding all of those. So, like the GS, I was actually just talking to my granddad um, a couple of days ago, and actually speaking to him about the GS adventure that we did in Australia. And I have to say that I'm 35 year old and. Uh, these are the words I said to my granddad. I said, I can't believe I'm 35 years old and only just found out about, uh, you know, about the the luxury, if you like, that they have in, in Australia because we had three days of riding and didn't really come across any any other vehicles. Obviously, we came across some uh, some snakes that you wouldn't want to get uh, get bitten with because uh, they, you won't get it to hospital in time from where we were but uh, so the GS great um, great adventure it was and uh, and then like you said the R90 you know cafe racer you know that kind of thing it, it is really uh, such a lovely bike to ride so easy very comfortable position and yeah that was my that was my runs for the the coffee race, let's say, and uh, and now, yeah, <clears throat> with the R18, that, as soon as I saw that bike, that was on my wish list, that was such a beautiful bike, or is such a beautiful bike, and uh, yeah, I just happened, at the end of last year, I, I needed to make a phone call to, uh, to BMW anyway, regarding some things, and when they mentioned that they, perhaps they'll have an R18 available for me, Oh, happy days. Happy days, I'm not going to say no to that. So, yeah, got in touch with uh, with Dane Easy and Shark, got all the uh, matching gear, and I tell you what, I look all right rolling down the road, if I may say so myself. <laughs> Just, uh, have you got, um, you've not got a pet parrot or parakeet, have you, in the house? <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, <laughs> It's not my choice. Do you need me to move location? I do. What is it? What is it? Yeah. It's a bloody um, budgies, aren't they? Hey. Either. We can move. Is I mean, right? hey, listen, listen. Yeah, it's a, it's a poor man's version of a parrot. So, yeah. Still, I tell you what. <laughs> Let me sort them out. Yeah, you don't need to literally sort them out for me. Um, I wasn't that... Uh, Apparently, if you put if you put, keep it quiet there, will you? <laughs> hey, you wanna you wanna see? <laughs> you wanna, it's, it's worse when I get a movie on. I just get settled into it, get myself, get all my side tray set up with my biscuits and my cup of tea, and then uh, and then they fire up. And yeah, I'm thinking, here we go. Test it. It's just character building. It builds your patience. It is. I've had podcasts interrupted by all sorts of things in the past, but never by a couple of uh, budgies. So there you go. <laughs> well, you uh, you wait for the grand finale, kid. One second. Just let me uh, let me go and get me glass of water. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, lads. Yeah, yeah. You sport my comfy seat. Whose idea was the budgies then? Oh, kids in it. Next week. Next week it'll be something else. Fantastic. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say this really, but if it doesn't work out, they don't live for too long, do they? 
that's brutal that is that's I tell you what and there's me thinking you're a good lad yeah no <laughs> well, I've got plenty I've got building work around the back so we can always lose them okay fine yeah Do you, and, and on that note is a building work about to start in 10 minutes should I speed up no we're good we're good we're, we're, I'm all yours now back to the uh, back to the riding and you're talking about the R18 and when you do ride for fun or for relaxation, do you enjoy the anonymity that putting on a helmet brings? I mean, I'm presuming you don't slip the old Sykes replica on when you're going for a spin unnoticed. Exactly. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't put it on. I mean, um, you know, social media and uh, you know, blowing my own trumpet. It's, it's never my thing. I'm. Don't know. I, I, Kind of get a bit shy, a bit embarrassed for that, really. I mean, you'll see on my, uh, like on my social media, I'm nowhere near as uh, as active of what, you know, what, what other people are, you know, other riders, should I say. And uh, it's funny. So coming back to that, slipping on the Sykes replica, no, it's, uh, I don't know, I just feel a bit uncomfortable doing it, really. It's just, just the way I was brought up, Um but I do love getting ready, especially on days like today. I mean, you get the bike out the out the garage, get your get your leather you know leather jacket on or whatever you may be. You know, in my case, it's generally just uh, you know some riding jeans and uh, leather or textile jacket, open faced helmet, and that's it really. I mean, I don't go anywhere too fast. That's that's for sure. It's all about enjoying the bike enjoying the riding and uh yeah is that the appeal of of a bike like the r18 for you then because it's a completely different experience than yeah obviously you know your day job oh very much so i mean uh to me it's it's chalk and cheese and that's uh i mean i'm naturally attracted to those bikes anyway you know like, like the like we've just mentioned but um yeah, it's just when I'm away from, from the racing. Yes, I've got an M5, but <laughs> I always make a joke. I bet it's the slowest M5 in the UK, this thing. It's, uh, <laughs> but and it's the same with the bikes. When I'm, when I'm not racing, I just want to uh, take it all in. That's, that's it, really, yeah. I can hear a bit of background noise, almost as if there's... Um... Just a little bit of a buzz. Can you can you hear it? I'm sorry. I'm going to have to get. We're going to do this podcast from every room in the house, aren't we? <laughs> Don't you worry about it. Don't you? Variety is the spice of life. What was it? Well, whatever it is, it's stopped now. So let me sort this out. Oh, hang on. <laughs> Did you do that on purpose? Let's get. Oh, sorted, it's a blind. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> is it a remote do... control blind? Well, you know, it's, it's... you lazy git. <laughs> Listen, you, <laughs> you don't. It's all about preserving energy, right? And, you know, and when you're 35 year old, you know, you just, <laughs> every little helps. Right, go for it. I'm all yours now. That must be a big window because that blind's taken a while. Oh, okay, we got it. We're sorted now, yeah. Oh, we've got some nice audio in this room. Is it a smaller room? That we were in the cathedral earlier, weren't we? Because it sounded a little bit echoey, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's one of my singing rooms. This one, no, this one's yeah. We've got a bit more soundproofing in this one. The audio's nice. Yeah, yeah this is this. This should be your interview room because the the audio is good. So, well, you, you could say it is my interview room in some aspects. It's uh, yeah, it's the bedroom. Ah, got you. Right, <laughs> we're all sorted. Anyway, so, so- where were we? Where were we? Oh yeah, I suppose I better talk about. I suppose I better talk about world superbikes. Well, yeah, you can do. You can do. Yeah. As we speak today, it's almost six months to the day, in fact, since the last world superbike race took place in Estoril, I believe. And obviously, there's nothing else that compares to racing, not even testing. So, how have you kept your skills sharp over the past half year or so? Well, this is a this is a talking point. You know, a lot of riders again. They do the supermotos, they do the uh, the mini bikes, and I don't know. It's one of those, really. And every every person's different. It was funny. We went to Jerez uh, for the test, and obviously with the new, you know, M one thousand double R, and it was it was quite funny. Basically, we we had two bikes. The first bike we jumped on, we did we did. Um, 
four, uh, three installation laps really, just to just to double check. It was a brand new build. Jumped off that, jumped on the other bike, did the same, and then uh, so yeah, six laps, seven laps, and then went back out on the uh, on the bike to get up to speed. And you know, after two laps, we were back into the one minute forties, which is uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you know, but that's that's not a bad lap time for for the superbikes around there. So it was quite funny after after such a long time off the bike. I just fall straight back into it, really. So I feel very lucky in that respect. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, let's just talk about your private life at the minute, without being too private about it. But you know, while many have struggled with the pandemic. Others have found the distancing and the obligation to stay at home a real mixed blessing. So how's that whole lockdown experience been for you? Well, yeah, I think uh, in life you can, uh, you've always got to make the, the best of, of the situation, make the best of a bad situation. Uh, and yeah, take what you can from it. <laughs> you know, same, same in racing, you know, I always think you can uh, only do what you can with the with the toolbox that you've got, you know, that kind of thing. So it is what it is. I'm very lucky. I am where I am, you know, put put a lot into um where I need it to get to. Like I say, I feel lucky and I'm really quite blessed that uh, you know that I've got a nice nice house, bit of land and everything because Honestly speaking, you know, I can really see that if, you know, if I was in uh, one of the houses that I got when I was uh, 19 or just uh, like a three-story townhouse, things would have been a lot more challenging for, you know, for somebody like myself who likes to be outdoors. And uh, so, yes, I can see that there's been a big struggle nationwide in in that respect and, uh but like I said, I've, I found that I'm quite lucky. I'm really quite self-contained here with my gym, um, you know, a nice uh, south-facing garden at the back and, and one thing and another. So I was able to uh, to continue with my life in a uh, fairly normal routine, to be, to be honest. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, could have been worse. So, But as someone who's usually on the move and, and more often than not overseas, I bet your kids have enjoyed having you around more then. Exactly. Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, with with my daughters, it was uh, it was good to finally have a schedule where I could see the girls more. <laughs> what about you personally, though? Have you been able to learn some new skills? Because you're talking about like building work and stuff. I read somewhere that you like a bit of hard graft building and mending things. I guess you've had a bit more time to do that. Oh, a bit. Understatement. I mean, like I said, I. Uh, you know, I moved to this house a good few years ago, and I was never really happy with the landscaping at the back and uh, one thing and another. So yes, because there was no no activity, uh, I took the decision to get that sorted. My idea was get it lovely out the back here, and uh, and yeah, it's it's good. We we managed to to get sorted with a few things, and let's just say there uh, there's plenty of splashing going on out the back. Hopefully you've got a little bit of heating in it as well. <laughs> oh yeah, well you've got got to do aren't you in the UK? Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, it sounds like you're handy with the tools as well. Not like my mate who at the weekend put a pickaxe through uh, a water main. So uh, you're not, joking? No, he, he, he had to uh, he had to put his hand in the dike. You know, like that Dutch story that we we, yeah. we all found out when we were kids, and uh, he couldn't get hold of uh, Anglia water for for two and a half hours before they came. And so he you're joking? All, he put all of the all of the street out. You know, nobody had any water pressure and. It made a complete mess of his backyard. So, so yeah, don't put a pickaxe through a water main. Don't put a pickaxe through your foot when you've got uh, an important season in World Superbikes coming up. But it sounds like exactly. you escape lightly anyway. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to the uh, back to the racing or back to the training because you need very specific strength and conditioning of certain muscle groups for racing World Superbike at the highest level. So, what do you find works best for you in terms of sports or gym work? I know you're a big cyclist. Yeah, I mean to be honest, it's uh, it's one of those. Luckily, naturally, I've always been um, well. Naturally, you know, my fitness and my strength is uh, uh, is 
you know, not not an issue. Fitness, you know, you've only got to speak with a couple of my old crew chiefs and it's, uh, you know, fitness is, is not the, the issue. I think for me that uh, you can work as well on strength. I've, I've worked with various people in the past. I can do so many different routines and different ways of uh, building strength, etc., etc. But riding bikes, you know, riding uh, bikes, uh, you know, like in training, it, it's all okay. But until you get to to the racetrack and put put an actual race bike through its paces with that extra grip and the extra forces, I don't think you can ever replicate that. Uh, but yeah, that's it. I, I just I like to keep fit, you know, from the cardio side. Strength, like I said, not really ever been a problem for me. Um, you know, like I said, even Doynton Park, probably the worst circuit on the on the calendar for for stressing the arms. And for me, it's it's uh, it's uh, touch wood, never been an issue. I always always feel well prepared on that. But I think the one of the biggest things these days is is flexibility especially when you get to a certain age eh? yeah yeah easy tiger easy tiger <laughs> and, uh, and uh, i'm 35 going on 18 i feel fantastic to be fair that's one of us <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but no flexibility i mean riding styles have changed and you know so you see now how how much riders are climbing on the bikes or climbing over the bikes. So that and and kind of preventing injuries. Um yeah, it's that that seems to be you know, flexibility plays up for both of those. Brilliant. What about nutrition? I mean do you do you follow any special plans that have been prepared for you or do you enjoy cooking your own food yourself? Yeah, I mean I enjoy certainly my own cooking and you know I like that, uh, but uh, following plans, I follow plenty. You know, I've done, uh, I've had different people giving me different nutrition plans, uh, even going as far as weighing your food to get the accurate intake so you can work out what you're intaking, what your output is, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and then kind of doing it my own way again and all very very similar outputs uh, sorry similar you know end result and um yeah it so it is what it is it's uh, again working with those people i was always asking questions you know why this why that way what what's what you know why do you want to do it what's your uh, what's your reason for doing it why are they there so again use that information to my advantage and uh, and soaked it all up, yeah. Mm. What about when you're away with a team? I mean, do, do you, uh, does the team hospitality look after you or do they look after everyone's meals or do you, own, do you do your own thing sort of over a race weekend? Yeah, it depends. I mean, a few years ago I was doing my own thing uh, because, again, eating times, that, you know, it was different, you know, but some, some teams eat late. That's not me. I always like to eat a bit earlier. Get back to the motor room, get the kettle on, watch a movie. So generally two hour movie. Well, I like to have three three pots of tea and that, you know, X amount of uh, biscuits, that kind of thing. But no, hospitalities, I get well looked after, uh, as does everybody, I suppose. But uh, yeah, nothing, they do cook something different, but it, I'm not asking for uh, anything uh, too special you know it might be a piece of salmon might be a piece of chicken vegetables that's it that's it and uh, um, but generally you know I'll also see what's on the uh, on the menu on the on the on the counter for the other other lads uh, you know other team members and uh, sample that as well so you can have a you can have a bit of dessert on a on a Saturday night before race day, can you? Yeah, well that's it. See, I, I generally I'm not massive uh, unless it's an unbelievable dessert. I'm not not really into that, you know. Even even at home, I don't uh, I don't go crazy on on the chocolate bars. I just I find it tastes 
you know, quite false. So, um, yeah, I'm more of a lovely, lovely, don't know, banana, banana loaf kind of guy, you know, stuff like that, you know, but but not loads. Uh, generally, what you'll find with me is I can I can pack some food away, but it's generally the savoury stuff, you know. If I ever go out for a meal, and I tell you what, when was the last time you went out for a meal, eh? That's a, that's a story, isn't it? I can't but, remember. Uh, oh, a, I tell, I've got some... Got some lovely clothes and uh, you know lovely sets of socks that I get for all these occasions, and um, I think bloody moths have had them. But uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, but what you find with me, I'm, I'm normally like starter and main kind of guy, and then a coffee. Don't generally bother with uh, with dessert unless unless there's a uh, there's a fantastic cheesecake on there, and and then. Depends how many people on the table. I'll get a cheesecake, a few spoons, and you know that's uh, that's share it out. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Have a little bit of what you fancy, but not the whole plate. Fair enough. <laughs> is that your motto? Is that your motto for all all of life? Is it? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. But I mean, when it comes to food, my kids always order. You know, always order more than they can eat. So when it comes to, I, oh. I think I can remember eating in a restaurant. I never bother ordering a dessert because I know I'll get half of each of their desserts. So. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's a challenge, isn't it? I mean, I always uh, generally cook fresh for, for my uh, two daughters, and uh, I mean, they're, they're getting to be good eaters. And uh, but if ever there's all left over. That's when I step in, and uh, I tell you what, it's, it, it definitely adds the calories up. By the time you're putting putting their stuff away as well as yours, yeah. Well, you're a Yorkshire man; you can't throw food away, can you? Exactly, exactly, lad. That's uh, uh, there's a lot to be said for that. I was brought up uh, in, with that very same way, and yeah, me and my brothers, oh dear um, me, did we pack some food away? Even coal used to eat coal, didn't you? Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Anything that's going to be fair. Anyway, just going to want to go briefly back to that M5, the slowest M5 in the county that you mentioned. Beautiful, that. <laughs> You're a petrol head. What is it about this particular model that appeals to you? Well, eight cylinders, done. They just, just, I mean, you don't even need, don't even need radio, do you? Just crack them windows a little bit and, oh, she purrs, purrs, beautiful. And the good thing about it, you know, I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm a family man anyway and so I've got, got my daughters and when I go north, uh, you know, times are different now but generally I'd always um, speak to my granddad and my, my dad, etc. and say, look, we're off out for a bite to eat and, um, yeah, so... It's a nice taxi, isn't it? That that M5 is a lovely taxi, so it's just easy, you know. I just, I just think I've always been a fan of the five series, and uh, yeah, and it's just, I just think it's such a great all-round car. Whether I'm just going down the road here for a coffee, you know, she tickles through the town at, at thirty mile an hour, and then. Uh, you know, it very, very quickly gets up to the 60 mile an hour or 70 mile an hour open speed limit and not and not one mile an hour over, let me tell you. I can believe it, absolutely. Glad <laughs> you're enjoying it. Glad you're enjoying it. Oh, I'll tell you what, it puts it... I mean, like I say, I race... race uh, well, I try to race motorcycles to my best, best ability. Uh, so, and, you know, they're fast. They don't mess about. But when I, put, when I get in that M5, it, it puts a smile on... Uh, on a Yorkshireman's face, so uh, yeah, that's I think that's the target of of, of motorsport and and you know in general whether it's on the track or or off the track, as long as you've got a smile and enjoying it, you know who cares what anyone else thinks? Exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah, and you're certainly enjoying it. Anyway, back to those world superbikes. <laughs> yeah, go for it. And the 2021 series, I mean, at the time that we're speaking today, Tom, I think fans have got to still wait quite a long time until the first round kicks off in Aragon. But how did the pre-season testing go for you this time? Well, yeah, we we need more pre-season testing. I mean, it's fantastic. You know, BMW, credit credit again. It's, um, you know, with the S1000RR, you know, that came out. It's, again, such such a nice and easy bike to ride really enjoyable and um, 
straight away got up to a good good level in in superbike but obviously we we saw we had some some limitations and uh yeah it's obviously after one and a half years to release a new a new model with it M thousand double R that shows their their the whole commitment to the World Superbike project, and obviously we've got our hands on that, and it's only five days old if you like. So the testing has gone really really well, considering. I think it was good that we held off on some of the initial tests because we're obviously limited on on test dates. So it was good that we held off. I think um, because. It gave everyone more more time to get even more ready. You know, even more parts uh, came, arrived, and we were just better prepared. So um, I think we've already learned a lot. The good thing is we've made good steps in some uh, good areas. And uh, we've had, you know, three days to ourselves, two days with the, the rest of the World Superbike field or the most of them anyway and uh, but we've not worked on uh, on any anything other than kind of fundamental testing and and trying to get good solid di- uh, direction yet so we've not we've not seen where you know the the potential of the bike that's for sure but um we just need to really grab as many days as we can now with the testing because uh to be honest, I think that first round in in Aragon is going to sail here quite uh, quite swiftly. Yeah, it won't be long, will it? Now you're often credited as being an excellent development rider, but do you actually enjoy the testing? Because it's it's not for everyone, is it? For it is not for everyone, and uh, but again, this is me, and uh, I really enjoy it because I feel very lucky, very lucky indeed, to be honest. To uh, to be able to go around a track and see the restrictions, see the limitations, whether it's in in the bike or in myself, you know, I'll get to a corner, I'll go around the corner, and I'm I'm always thinking, well, that's no good. I should be able to go this much faster with with this much, you know, different lead angle. I just, it, you know, it's hard to explain, but when I'm going around the track, it just, it just comes to me, and I'm thinking, when I'm braking, it's like, well, that's not correct. You know, the why is the bike behaving in this way? You know, it should be doing this, should be doing that. Same on the acceleration with the wheelie, blah blah blah. You know, it's just, and again, whenever you watch the movies and you see these computers and doing, you know, encrypting the codes, the mind to me just it's working like that, and. Um, with BMW, I think we uh, we've made massive, massive uh, improvements in such a short space of time. So, um, obviously, being modest, if you like, I, I I don't like to take too much credit. You know, I know I've I've got a, um, a good skill set in that, um, but I always like to to give credit to people around me as well, and it takes also good engineers to to make those you know my information and my feedback into a better package so team effort team effort but like said there is some real big names that do not like testing and um you know i've shared garage with with the you know with one of them there's just some real good unbelievable talents and world champions that say uh that they just like to get on the bike and ride it and they can get good results so which is which is obviously not a problem uh, that's what you need in racing and uh, but you also need the development work in the background whether that's from a very very good test rider or or a, or a rider that's live you know still racing in the championship that that's willing to give that commitment and the sacrifice of the project yet yeah i mean you're right some riders do literally ride around problems and and as immensely talented as they are it's never going to bring a bike on sounds like you're very very analytical and and enjoy that process and and likewise with the right people in the garage who are able to translate what's coming out of your mouth effectively that feedback into 
um, changes, positive changes to the bike? No, definitely. 100% because, uh, like I said, there's... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely analytical, like I said. Uh, I, I put a lot of time, effort and thought into it. I mean, a lot when a lot of these riders go home, you know, you see them just... Poof, they'll go out and they'll do the supermotors, they'll go out cycling, you know, which obviously I'll do the same, I'll do the cycling, I think. But even when I'm out cycling, you know, rather than holding a phone and uh, and whatever, doing doing my selfies for me, for my social media, I, I just, I don't know, I, I never really switch off to that because of my ambition to succeed. And uh, so I'm always thinking, you know, I'm, on how we can improve you know, and I keep going over the testing and I'll go through everything right, you know, jot it all down and, and see where where I can improve and where I can give better information to the team. But uh, but like you mentioned and like I've just mentioned, there is some talented riders that uh, again I I'll just say it on a on a bit of a broader thing, but there is some unbelievable riders that if you give them a racehorse, let's say they will, they will jump on that racehorse and they'll win. But but if you give them a donkey, they could, you know, the same. They would never make that donkey into a racehorse. And uh, you've kind of got to appreciate sometimes how that donkey gets to become a racehorse, you know, because it don't happen don't happen overnight and there's a lot of you know technical information that that goes into that so uh you know that's that's how i look at it but generally speaking there's a handful of riders on the yeah i could i couldn't probably list four or five riders in world superbikes if i believe if you put them on on a racehorse and uh I won't mention the manufacturer, but I think there's four or five riders that you put them on the racehorse. They're uh, they could they could win races, yeah, yeah. But that's part that's part of the beauty of racing, you know. And um, I've you know for myself, I've I've started from ground zero once before and and being successful. Yeah, I still believe under my own efforts, I could have had a cup couple more world titles but I had a little bit of bad luck come my way uh, plus things weren't so rosy <laughs> at home at the time as well and and you've just got to take that as a life experience And uh, but certainly without the bad luck on the racetrack I think I could have had two more world titles but I'm, I still I still count my lucky stars that I've got the one you know having I've enjoyed it all all the way really and uh, like now my ambition is to try and repeat that with uh, with BMW that would uh, be another dream come true yeah superb and and it's really good that you acknowledge the 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 whole team's effort in any success as well because what was it the Americans say there is no I in team you yeah know? And that's it, it. It's, it's true it's true though isn't it and I think I think you mentioned earlier something about you know like the the commitment and the approach of of BMW for this racing project that must have been a real maybe maybe not a surprise but a real benefit for you personally just how much everyone is into this whole project how much support there is for it oh 100% I mean like I said when I first joined this uh, you know the 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 whole project really in in 2019 so at the end of 2018, that was my attraction was basically the the, uh, the manufacturer, so BMW, uh, but with their kind of partnership with uh, SMR, Sean Muir Racing, it's, uh, I think between them, it was, I saw the potential of, well, there's a manufacturer there with, with pedigree, with ambition, uh, and same again with, with, uh, with Sean Mew I mean with BMW they also had track record as well in, in terms of uh, I think it was 2012 I, to me I, I thought Melandri was going to win it he, he came on strong and uh, so did I yeah and then he should have won it he should have yeah. won it 
them boys almost give me give me the world title there, but um, but yeah, thinking about that that coming together. Dear me, I mean, my, my, with, with Marco, he just had a couple a couple of offs at the end of the season, and you think, wow, wow, that uh, he, he lost that world championship there. But um, so BMW have got you know got a, a track record and. Um, and like I said, with Sean, Sean Muir Racing, he certainly runs a, um, uh, you know, a great, great team. You know, good, the infrastructure, you you know, you've only got to turn up in the paddock. And uh, like I said, the, uh, he's got presence there, you know, with, with, the, with the whole setup. So the building blocks was there. That was my attraction. And um, now we've got the, the upgrade in the, in the M1000RR now. So, how different does that MRR superbike feel compared to the S1000RR that you raced in 2020? Just in terms of sort of gut feel, I know that there's a long, long way to go in terms of development. Definitely, um, definitely. Well, simple answer is it's more it's more focused at the racetrack. And uh, have you had the chance to compare the two personally? I think I, I think they've got my name down for that next week. Chance would be a fine thing. Yeah, well, there we go. So, um, yeah, basically more more focus for the for the racetrack, and you'll feel that straight away. I mean, I remember when I jumped from the S to the M, and straight away, I just I just felt more at home on the racetrack. You know, the handling of it, uh, the the increase in engine performance. You know, just throughout the range, basically makes it makes it more linear on the racetrack. You know, I could go on the winglets in uh, certain areas of the track. And, uh, yeah, it's it's an improvement. There's uh, there's no question. And certainly a better um, platform to start the World Superbike, um, you know, to be inside the World Superbike garage, let's say. It's, it's a better tool for, for that. And... Uh, but it's one of those because uh, it's at the end of the day you just need small things, but not just one and two. I mean, if you if you make a lot of small things in certain areas, it makes a massive difference. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm very happy and grateful that uh, that they recognise this and basically made a big in investment to for, you know for this purpose. Yeah, and it's also going to be great for the fans and for the project to see double the number of BMWs on the grid this year, isn't it? <laughs> so, so there we go. Well, that's easy, isn't it? From two to four. Yeah, do you know what? It's uh, it's great, and again, that uh, hopefully that will help help out the project. Hopefully, help out myself. You know, I'll uh, I'll take a bit of help if I can if I can do it, and you know, it just means more. More laps, more you know, like you said, double the laps, um, basically because you're getting four bikes now instead of the two, and those laps, it's all information for the for the engineers, for you know, for myself. Thing is with myself, you know, I, if I look at someone else's data, I understand it, but I've always worked on on myself, you know. And, and, because everyone's different, you know, everyone rides different. And I've always worked on myself. And like I said uh, earlier on, that if I approach a corner in one way, blah, 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 you know, I'm doing it that way for a reason. I know I'd like to do it another way. There's just a few things. And, you know, even when I had Ben Spees as a teammate, uh, you know, I still stuck to, to my thing because, you know, everyone's different and, he was an incredible talent, and uh, but just you know it didn't work. Didn't work for me, if if you like. I think if I'd have tried to to ride in that way again, it was just different. The bike setup, the the riding style. It's uh, yeah, it's it's one of those, and to me, that's what why racing's great because you've got all these right different riding styles, all these different mates of bike. And they all circulate within a couple of attempts. 
Yeah, ah, fantastic for the fans to watch as well. It's interesting what you're saying there about different riding styles. I mean, that's obvious, and I guess in a way it's for the engineers and the team to be able to analyse different sets of data and try and find one way to to effectively move a bike forward. But certainly talking to um, Michael, uh, your new teammate, a few weeks ago, and, and he, he made a comment that he watched you a few times in corners and, and you could see how much the, you know the double R at that time was struggling um, it was great in the corners but you know struggling coming out onto the straight so it's, it's going to be really interesting for you to be maybe watching him this time as well and, and to be able to sort of share data do you, do you think that, that the two of you that, that you know the pairing could be good for the development of the bike oh I mean we certainly will be having a lot of laughs that's for sure it's uh, I feel like I'm the sensible one in the team now he's uh... <laughs> he's a relaxed Dutch man isn't he <laughs> I tell you what, that Dutch is definitely not wired up, correct, that Dutch man. But yeah, yeah, good good laugh, good laugh. So, um, but yeah, again, then that's just riding style. I used to get into a corner, stop, turn and get out. And it just shows how you adapt because uh, when when that S1000 double R was obviously lacking in uh, uh, some engine performance, let's say, I mean, I remember running into the back of people in the, in the corners just because I was carrying the corner speed, and that was against against my natural riding style. But it just shows how our riders adapt, and uh, but hopefully we can bring it back a, a couple of levels this year and uh, use some power. And you know, that's that's generally my uh, my approach. But we'll see. We'll see. There's still little bits where I feel we can improve the, the you know, the chassis again. But, uh, but for now, it's uh, yeah, we're all heading in that direction. And certainly, what what Michael said to you was was true. We uh, we did everything great, breaking cornering. We just just lost out in the in the straight line in in that time. Yeah, yeah. And of course, the thing that people don't always realise is that it's not just. BMW that might be making steps. I mean, you know, there, there are new bikes uh, from pretty much all the manufacturers for this year. There's there's also like new riders coming into the championship. I think there's a couple of new circuits that you might be visiting. So I think 2021 it is especially exciting, even just from your perspective of racing against new riders. That's got to keep things really fresh, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, very, very much so. And uh, like you said, Nobody stands still in this business, and you know, I'm not going to go into it, but we certainly needed to make steps based on last year. Uh, we, I, I feel we've probably made two steps. Some of the competition have made one step, so I think uh, I think between now and the start of the season, we we need to make one more. So, uh, uh, yeah, but the beauty is, you know, is that we made the two steps rather than rather than the one and I think if we um, get chance and we put it all together we can make make another step here are you someone who sets personal targets uh, yeah I would say say so yeah and if you want me to share those with the other answers no <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I do I do obviously I can you know generally there's amount of points that you need to in in you know to have on the championship table at the end of the year and uh, just from personal ambition yeah there's there's a certain amount of uh, results specific results that I'd like to uh, like to achieve unfortunately we've been a long way from the target the last couple of years but um, yeah that's what we wake up and I mean every morning that's that's the motivation that's why you uh, go to work exactly exactly and that's that's uh, that'll never change. I don't think that's the the desire to be to win and the diet, desire to be successful is uh, is in my blood. If you like, it's in the mindset. Yeah, I enjoy the um, qualification as much as I do the racing quite often, and especially at the Super Pole formats over the years as well. And of course, you've got the record for I think for the most Super Poles in World Superbike. About fifty, I believe. So, do you think that this new bike is going to increase your chances of building in this number in that area in twenty twenty one? Gut feeling? Yeah, yeah. I think the gut feeling is is yes. I mean, I was close a few times on the old one, which 
surprised me anyway. Well, uh, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, if, well, two, 2020 Philip Island, I mean, circuit record, considering how many attempts we were, we were missing in the first sector and in the speed trap, to get a circuit record just shows that I was pedalling it half decent through the turns. But I don't know. I mean, again, never, never want to... I'd never want to blow my own trumpet or sound arrogant, but but qualifying's all about, you know, taking the best from 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 the from the package. Really, you've got that massive increase of grip for that one lap, and you've got to, you know, you've got to understand that very very quick. So, I think qualifying is all about the the sheer speed of of the rider, and but hopefully with this new. M version, the uh, we can hopefully start uh, the counter ticking again. Did it ever get stressful, like keeping winning all those watches? What? Yeah. <laughs> do you know what? what? Did you do with them all? Yeah, I, do. I was giving them to team members, and you know, and uh, whether it's team members, sponsors, or uh, or friends, you know, there's no. I mean. <laughs> I can't can't get fifty watches on can I unless I start putting them in all regions. <laughs> you're like one of those dodgy geezers who's like selling them on the high exactly. street up each arm, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got them everywhere. Yeah, got them everywhere. Had to shorten strap on a couple of them. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to all those double R owners out there who love their bikes, but they're not lucky enough to race them like you. What advice would you give them to really allow them to enjoy those BMWs to the maximum? Well, I don't know. I think it's like any anything uh, in uh, in general, really. I mean, enjoyment that is just it to me. And I think with a lot of uh, in a lot of aspects of life, and certainly in in uh, racing or motorsport or riding on the road, is literally just take one step back or even two, just so you know, just walk before you can run. So one or two steps back to take it all in and you know like anything really I suppose if you're learning an instrument or whatever I think it's all about uh, you know same with the riding just all about understanding things first get it coming naturally so the way the bike feels on on opening the throttle and how it feels on closing it how the initial application of the brake is you know what 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 baby of the bike you know as soon as you you know it, Everything like that, the initial whenever you put force through the handlebars or footrest, what you know, where does the bike want to go? Does it want to tip in fast or slow? And just everything like that. Um, and once you have that understanding, and it doesn't take long, so believe me, if you take one or two steps back to understand just what's going on, and then from there on. You know, just so everything becomes natural, becomes like clockwork, and then the rest comes a lot, a lot easier. You know, hey, do you like that? <laughs> yeah, you make it sound so easy. No, well, again, you know, I, I suppose when when time allows, you know, I'm, you know, I might, you know, same like on these training training track days, you know, I think stuff stuff like that just to give. Some experience back to uh, to the fans is uh, is you know it's not it's not a bad thing because you can just see that so so much enthusiasm in in uh, these riders. But definitely, you know, and again, just repeat myself: if if you can walk before you run and just understand your bike, uh, you know how it feels on the you know on the gearbox upshift, backshift, you know, blah blah blah. It's all just if you just understand that first. And then, and then that's it. You'll you'll progress. Whereas I think if you go to your, you know, and start running straight away, you'll just keep running, keep running, keep running, and, and you you know, let's say you'll never get to sprinting. Whereas I think if you walk and understand, you'll progress to running, and from there you'll have some understanding from from your bike, from from walking. You know, you just keep going. Whereas if you go at it. <laughs> flat out I was going to say somewhere else and I thought no no that's that would be that's wouldn't get that past the senses exactly exactly so I just think um, yeah definitely just uh, understanding the bike and, and and work from there yeah 
Brilliant, yeah. And finally, Tom, you've worked for many of the big Japanese manufacturers, but what's the best thing about working for a German team? <laughs> the sausage. I've got to say the sausage. <laughs> nah, do you know what? It's, like you said, I've... Uh, 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 to be fair, it's not the sausage because uh, I keep telling them, get you sent to Yorkshire, we'll show you how to make a sausage. Bloody hell, they're only playing at it over there. <laughs> but uh, I'm in Lincolnshire and, and I find the Lincolnshire sausage is hard to beat. But No, yeah. there's, there's a lovely uh, butcher's close to me and, uh, and I tell you what, they would sort you out with plenty of sausage. But going back to the question, um, like I said, I've worked with, with, with the... You know, like I said, some top Japanese manufacturers, and um, so working now with with BMW, you know, European manufacturer. I have to say that uh, I was very excited for for all that because um, I had a big interest to work with not only BMW but a European based manufacturer because just to see about the the mentality and it's it's a different mentality and. Uh, I think it would be wrong for me to go in and uh, tell you what, you know, and, and kind of broadcast what's different, you know, what's better, what's worse, because uh, I'm not one for really, you know, spilling too many beans. But no, I, I certainly enjoy the um, the mentality now, you know, at this point working with, with, a, with the European manufacturer and... Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll um, we'll see. Hopefully, it can play into our hands for this coming season. But I have to say that uh, yeah, looking forward to getting going. Certainly, looking forward to a few more test days beforehand, and and we'll see. Brilliant, Tom. I know I told you this. Uh little chat would only take half an hour but you're an interesting bloke so I've more than doubled that sorry for taking up all of your time but it's been a real pleasure chatting with you and on behalf of all BMW racing fans we wish you the very best of success on the 2021 Superbike World Championship Series thanks for being our guest on Ride and Talk today no worries thank you always a pleasure and uh, thanks for considering me for uh, today's chat lad we'll uh, no doubt speak again in the near future cheers Thanks, Tom. Always good to chat. And thanks for your honest and revealing insights into life as a factory rider. Good stuff. By the way, if you listeners want even more of a superbike fix, don't forget that the BMW Motorrad World Superbike Team and BMW Motorrad Motorsport can be followed on social media. Right, that's enough from me for today. Let the season begin and let's hope we can get to the track soon. Bye for now.